Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey. Now, Sunday, April 9th, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, ready to break down the Sunday card, which is a lot more easily uh, digestible card compared to yesterday in terms of size. We go from 16 to 2 uh, in terms of the number of games. So what a huge difference. Um, what an exciting Saturday. I mean, obviously, uh, a first uh, that all 32 teams and 16 games in one day uh, in the NHL, and we had wall-to-wall action. Uh, on the uh, slate, uh, we'll break up the recap, which is actually going to make up more of the show than breaking down the two games today. Uh, the recap is going to be the longer part of the show. Uh, it started with a uh, very, very, not very surprising because Buffalo is always capable when they play well, but uh, a nice uh, victory for the Sabres against the Hurricanes, 4-3, although there's that semblance of too little too late, unfortunately, for the Sabres, especially when you saw what happened later in the day. They didn't get an ounce of help from anybody. Uh, essentially, and the uh, Sabres, yeah, they pick up two points. They are still mathematically alive, but they didn't gain ground, and they're obviously running out of games. So uh, it's not going to happen for Buffalo, but you got to give this team credit. Uh, they're not uh, going away down the stretch. They're playing good hockey, uh, and very solid uh, effort in net once again from Devin Levi with another victory on home ice uh, in between the pipes for the Sabres and a 4-3 win over Carolina. I was thoroughly impressed with Pittsburgh in their 5-1 win against Detroit, especially number 87. I mean, that is yep. Sidney Crosby saying, we're somehow, some way going to get into these playoffs, and I'm going to lead us there. He was dominant. He was all over the puck. Two goals, one assist, uh, three points in the game, 1,500 points now in his NHL career. Uh, he got to that milestone yesterday. Uh, he was excellent, and he basically said, you know, I'm the general. I'll lead and the troops will follow. And that's what we saw from uh, Crosby yesterday and the Penguins. And Tristan Jari, one of his better efforts we've seen. Uh, and they get the uh, 5-1 win over Detroit. Great game. Don't be fooled by the final score with Vegas-Dallas. It was a really good hockey game. Yeah. Back and forth. Uh, we are both benefactors of the draw. Uh, cashing for us north of plus 300 uh, in that game. And Dallas uh, getting the uh, victory. Uh, in a shootout 2-1 to one over the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. So Dallas with a very real chance still to be Central Division champions, although it looks like with, between them and Colorado, uh, it's going to end up going down to the wire there uh, in uh, that division. Uh, Edmonton 6-1 to one over San Jose. That was a great game for me. Edmonton in over 5.5 caches with relative ease, and the over 6.5 gets there thanks to that late Connor McDavid goal to make it 6-1. Uh, to one. So very happy to see that. Uh, Alex, this Edmonton team, I can't uh, describe how impressed I am enough with them right now. There's no let up. They're not taking these fly-by-night teams like the Ducks and the Sharks and these weaker teams for granted. They're coming out there and saying, we're the better team. We need to sharpen our, our game for the playoffs. and We need to go into the playoffs surging, playing our best hockey. Man, are they ever. I mean, it's just every they're, they're as dangerous offensively, I think, as any team right now. I mean, McDavid's going, Dreisaitl's going, Nugent Hopkins is going, Zach Hyman is going. Good luck stopping this team when you got those four guys all playing well at the same time. They're getting the goaltending finally from Stu Skinner. And, of course, the blue line has been solidified and improved significantly with Eckholm, who continues just to be a rock back there. I mean, just gives them steady, sound, 
coverage defensively in, in the D zone, which is something Edmonton was crying out for. Uh, very impressive stuff. What did you think of the afternoon? It's like, oh, I forgot to mention Anaheim, Arizona. I mean, but I actually, what I will say about that game is it was entertaining. You had the first period over. I had the full mm -hmm. game over. We're both happy with that. And it was a little nasty. We got some fights. We got some uh, physical play in that game. So for two teams playing for exercise, they gave us an entertaining hockey game and they didn't mail it in. So kudos to the Coyotes and Ducks yesterday. But Alex, your thoughts on the day games? Yeah, well, just quickly on that, like I said, yeah, that's what you want to see from those teams, right? With teams that are out of the playoffs, like you just want, you just want to be entertained and, and hopefully, you know, make some profit from it. So we did, you know, got both of those out of, out of that equation. So I actually was uh, for for being one of the worst games on the the whole slate. It was actually a pretty good one. So, uh, but yeah, going back with Edmonton, I mean, it, it's it's wonderful seeing how they're playing right now. This, like I said, when they're putting it all together, they're a fun hockey team to watch. But you know, Megadeth once had an album called So Far, So Good, So What? As long as you can do this shit later when it counts in the playoffs is what matters. Yeah, you can beat the shit out of Anaheim and San Jose all, all day long, but can you take on L.A. when the series is tied one-to-one? -one? Can you do this against Colorado and Dallas and Minnesota when you get further on into the postseason? That's the the, the real barometer. Uh, but, but like I said, putting it together now is important. And, uh, you know, unlike some other teams that we're going to talk about in the, in the night slate, this is a team that, you know, they're getting ready and they can, you know, turn it up to this level in the postseason potentially. And, and it makes them uh, a dangerous out once the playoffs start next week. But uh, like I said, Pittsburgh, big win for them. You know, we were a little skeptical because they just kind of don't match up well against Detroit. Uh, historically, we, you know, even though they, like I said, the last game that they, they pulled out that win, but they were down 3 nothing uh, and had to come back from it. And, and you don't want to have to put yourself in that kind of a jackpot situation early in the game right now. You can't afford to be down 2 nothing if you're Pittsburgh. You're already exerting enough energy just trying to get back into the playoffs. So to have to exert more energy in a game on top of what you already have to just exert playing the game itself, if that makes any sense, that, you know, make things easier for yourselves. We talked about this with this, all these teams in that Eastern uh, wild card. None of those teams have made anything easy for themselves. Maybe Pittsburgh's now starting to separate from the pack and, and be on those teams to say, hey, listen, we know how to get here. We've been doing this time and time again. Uh, you know, let, let's get our shit together and move forward. And, and that's what they did. So a humongous statement win. And like you said, Vegas, Dallas was as good as advertised. And, you know, as much as we both love watching some high scoring, uh, back and forth breakneck hockey, seeing a good classic defensive battle like we saw with Vegas and Dallas and seeing, you know, two goaltenders playing their ass off and, and, and you know, guys blocking shots, just good play all around. That was a, a very entertaining game. And, you know, yeah, it was a little bummed was out really to see Vegas. really good Jonathan Quick yesterday, too. Yeah, very. yeah, vintage, vintage Quick. That was, you know, he, and like I said, he'll give you those. One out of every five starts, he's going to give you a clunker, but one out of every five starts, he's going to give you vintage Jonathan Quick, the, the guy who won two Stanley Cups uh, in his prime with L.A., and, and that's what we saw in that game. And, of course, Jake Ottinger sensational as well would have loved to see vegas win of course because i had that money line especially when it went up to plus 140 with eichel being out uh but just still just a great entertaining game and, and very happy to get the draw it's funny because they were sitting you know pretty quiet for most of that third period but then all of a sudden something changed with about three and a half minutes left there were a ton of chances both ways getting a little nervous there watching that but uh thankfully the draw held on so that was the the one draw that i cashed on the daytime yeah, definitely. Uh, good to see that. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was a good afternoon slate and that led to the evening slate, which was uh, very, very entertaining as well. You talk about another game that was really good, even though it was low scoring because it had that playoff field, Nashville and Winnipeg, you know, great goaltending. Both goalies were excellent. Uh, UC Soros and Connor Hellebuck tipped the cap to both of them. Outstanding. Of course, it was Hellebuck that got the uh, shutout victory, but a huge victory for Winnipeg, especially when you factor in what happened with Calgary. 
uh, later in the night. Uh, they now uh, sit alone in that final spot. Uh, and Nashville, I don't want to say the, they're cooked, but they're damn close uh, after that uh, loss. And now it's going to be uh, an uphill battle for uh, Nashville. They're just uh, three points back now, not enough games left. So uh, that was a must, I think, for Nashville to win that game and win it in regulation. They didn't either. And uh, that's a huge win for the Jets last night, 2 nothing over Nashville. Uh, Toronto pummels Montreal. I thought Montreal would be better than that. 7-1 for the Leafs in that game. Uh, but it was all Toronto. They were dominant. They were all over. They had the puck all night. The shots were like 40 to, to 20, uh, doubled them up in shots. I mean, it was all Toronto. Actually, pretty disappointing to see Montreal play like that. But usually they give Toronto a tough game. Toronto, nothing to play for, resting a couple of their defensemen and could only score one goal on Ilya Samsonov. I should say Ilya Samsonov and emergency backup goaltender Jed Alexander, who was uh, backing up Samsonov last night. And, uh, you remember Edmonton earlier in the year, they gave their emergency backup goaltender the final minute of the third period late in the game where they were uncomfortably ahead. And Toronto did the same last night. I think it's an absolutely phenomenal gesture. It's something Jed Alexander will remember for uh, the rest of his life, you know, essentially. that I got into an NHL game even for just one minute. I don't even think he faced a shot, to be honest, in that final minute and change. But he got into an NHL game. And you make its memories that'll last a lifetime for him. And I love it when teams do that. But there's one person that didn't like it, apparently. Montreal Canadiens defenseman Chris Weidman, who said after the game it was classless and, oh, they'll get what they deserve in a couple of weeks. I mean, could you be more soft? Yeah, could you be more pathetic with that statement? Seriously. I mean, this is a kid that's having his dreams come true getting into an NHL game, and this moron is talking about how, oh, it's, it's get you get what you deserve, Toronto, in a couple of weeks. No, every team in the NHL would do that for the most part, I believe, in that situation, especially after seeing Edmonton do it. It's given that kid an opportunity to get into an NHL game. That's that's pooping your pants, being Mr. Poopy Pants. That's being Mr. Soft. You know, and, and Chris Wyman then equates that to, you know, what the Leafs will do in the playoffs in a few weeks, saying, oh, they'll get what they deserve in a few weeks. You might not even be in the NHL, Chris Weidman, in a few weeks. Yeah. Just shut the fuck up, all right? Seriously. I mean, you know, you're, you're Mr. Suitcase, man. How many teams have you been with? Four, five in the NHL? You've barely yeah. stuck on the main roster of all these teams. You've been up and down between the NHL and AHL. We got to hear now what Chris Weidman thinks about how the Leafs put their emergency backup goaltender. We all got to know what Chris Weidman thinks about it. No, we don't. Shut the fuck up, man. That that was pathetic. <laughs> I, I I didn't even hear that quote, and uh, that that's interesting to, to hear that. But you know, like I said, he can go polish his golf clubs. Like nobody cares. Like like I said, you're it's a great moment. And any and any team nobody any team in the league would do you it. Are. You're barely. Yeah. You know what you are. You're a pimple on the NHL's ass. That's what yeah. you are. You're a pimple on this league's ass. Nobody yeah. knows who you are. Yeah, he's you know mid thirties traffic cone basically at this point. But anyway, I mean, and, and Jed Alexander too, if I'm not mistaken, was he not the e bug earlier in the year? He's the kid that came from University of Toronto, correct? Yep. Okay, so yes, so all the more reason you know in front of probably had family and stuff uh, there in, in attendance and, and friends and whatnot. So that, and that was the same situation with the Oilers, you know, putting the uh, I can't even remember the kid's name that they put in. I forget forget it. I know it was against the Hawks. I do remember watching it. But uh, you know, yeah, like I said, yeah, you, those those moments you create those moments of memory. Those are cool things. Yeah, you know, there's been a lot of that. There's been a lot of uh, it, it, it. Almost takes me back to when Tortorella was talking about uh, dismissing when Hayes got named as an All Star. And there were a couple other instances with coaches kind of just dismissing moments that were really important. What was the the whole thing about apparently that uh, Sutter didn't let you know the kid know about being called up, you know, until oh, the last wow. minute so his family could get in? 
Yeah. Jacob Peltier. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. It's just like shit like that. Like hearing things like that now in this in this time and age, it's just like what like what the fuck are we doing? Because these aren't like, you know, these aren't tough lessons to build up, you know, someone's character, you know, as they're getting into the league or whatever. Like we're talking about people. No one's going to remember Jet Alexander in 20 years. Right. This is a moment that literally him and his friends and family are going to remember. He, he will be a trivia answer that most people are going to miss. Right. So, like, why are we going to shit on that kind of a moment? Like, it, it's unfair. Yeah, it's unfair. It's um, I think it's uh, you know, and it's 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 unfair. It's like yeah, Bloomfield, Ontario. He's where Prince Edward County. So uh. Bloomfield, Ontario is uh, yeah, it's 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 actually you know two hours I think to, from there to Toronto, but he's close though. That's the bottom yeah. line. Like he's an Ontario kid, and I'm sure yeah. he was a Leaf fan, you know, growing up probably as most Ontario kids are. So you're gonna shit on that moment if you're Chris Wyman. It's ridiculous, but yeah, it is. Uh, good for the Leafs for putting him in there, and of course they get the uh, seven to one win. Uh, last night, uh, Rangers with the four nothing win over the uh, Columbus uh, Blue Jackets, uh, shutting out the uh, Jackets. Uh, disappointed, I thought Columbus could do something for the over, but not meant to be. Shesterkin gets the uh, shutout. Rangers, uh, uh, again, that's a really good uh, defensive effort they had last night. So credit to them. Uh, Tampa Bay uh, losing to Ottawa seven to four. I mean, kind of the writing on the wall when you started to see who was sitting out for the uh, Lightning, but. Uh, Still, I wasn't sure Ottawa would show up, and I'll give them credit. I mean, that was a brutal way to end your season, you know, or officially, uh, in terms of being officially eliminated. That Florida game, you outplayed them, outshot them, and then you end up in a physical game, lots of nastiness, you lose, and you're out. And to come back and play like that last night, and uh, even against a Tampa Bay team with nothing at stake, uh, give the Sens credit. Bounce back. They wanted to play with pride last night. They did that, and a nice 7-4 to win over uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, we saw the Islanders 4 nothing shutout over the uh, Flyers. And the bad news for Pittsburgh is the Islanders won. Florida also won 4-2. So we're back where we started, Alex, in the Eastern Conference wildcard race. We started the day. Panthers and Islanders were tied with the two spots. Pittsburgh one point behind both of them. And that's where we are after last night. Florida and the Islanders have the two wildcard spots still in Pittsburgh, one point behind both of them. So tough stuff if you're the Penguins. But for Florida, my goodness, what a sweat and a half if you were rocking with us with the best bet, Florida, in regulation. <laughs> but it got there, a late deflection goal to make it 3-2, and Sam Reinhart puts it away in the empty net. I kind of think I kind of deserved it. We kind of deserved it because Florida was all over Washington in the third period. 15 to one were the shots on goal yeah. for Florida in the third period. Yeah, they kind of were sleepwalking at times during that game. But in the third period, when that game was there to be won, they dominated. So I am I would I, I would have felt like kind of a bad beat if they had gone to overtime with all that domination. But they finally got the late goal and they ended up winning 4-2. Islanders, as I mentioned, they shut out the Flyers 4-0. But I think the bigger story is what Bo Horvat said in his post-game interview <laughs> after the game, saying, oh, it's, what do you think of the fans and the reactions you've been getting? Oh, it's been a lot better than Vancouver here. Whoa, shots fired. I still think deep down inside he wasn't talking about the fans. I think he was more talking about management yeah. and, or and the organization and the way they treated Bruce Boudreaux. And I think all of that shit was going through his mind when he answered that question. And that's why he said what he did. I don't think he meant to disrespect the fans. I don't think he meant that uh, against the, the, the Canuck fan base. I think this was more... Fuck you, Francesco Aquilini. Fuck you, uh, you know, management for what you did to Bruce Boudreaux and totally mismanaging and botching this uh, organization for the last couple of years. That's, I think, where the shots were fired against more than the yeah. fan base. I know some people, some Canuck fans thought it was, you know, him taking a shot at them. I don't think so. I think it was this was really more toward the organization. 
Yeah, I mean it's but it, it it's funny either way you you look at it. But definitely, yeah, I don't think the fans should take. Obviously, the fans are gonna take it personally because it's their team. But yeah, I don't think I don't think it was directed toward them at all. It was clearly that was clearly a management uh, and, and just personnel no kind of. He's such a former captain. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and and, and, <laughs> and and him saying that should kind of tell you a lot. And maybe keep an eye on guys who are. UFA is on that Canuck team, and and maybe maybe most of them don't stick around. So that's you know could that be a, a telling sign potentially with some of those guys. But uh, you know with that that mid uh, night mid card slate, I guess I should say <laughs> with uh, all the games, it was the interesting thing. New York Rangers, yeah, that was disappointing because we had that uh, over with six and a half. But you know Shesterkin, I mean that that's always the the thing that could pop up. And by in the ass, if you go with the over in the Ranger game, is that yeah they can give you all the offense, but Chesterkin can lock it down. And of course, we know at Columbus, it's just you know they talk about waiting to to go play golf. Uh, at this point, you can't do anything pro Columbus at this point. The last two or three games they have, uh, Tampa Bay, I, we get we have to knock it off, people. We have to, and I'm not saying me personally because I'm I'm not the one doing it, but everybody else they got to knock it off. This Tampa Bay team's fraudulent. All right, and. and if Tamp, if Toronto can just keep their head screwed on straight, win game one, not even game two, just win game one, they should be able to take this series within five or six games uh, against the Tampa Bay team. They're not built and ready to make a playoff run. They're not going to turn it on to another level like we've seen. And, and like I said, we've all watched Tampa Bay close enough to know this isn't the Tampa Bay team from last year, the year before, or the year before that. And, uh, you know, that's an embarrassing loss in my opinion. Like I said, this is an Ottawa team whose heads were still in the clouds and uh, they just were able to seize the opportunity on the ice in, in that moment. Now, if you played that game again today, Tampa probably wins it five to two. Uh, but you, Tampa was supposed to win yesterday. That's when the game was scheduled. And that those are the kind of things that just, just lapses and just uncharacteristic movements, passing, not being crisp and clean, Vasilevsky letting in a soft goal here or there. He's still going to make great saves, but the thing was, okay, he, he made 30 great saves. Oh, Elliot last Elliot last night. But I'm just I'm just going back, even just just talking about because we didn't talk about him the other oh, day. Just in general, yeah, the Ranger game. That's probably yeah. what you're thinking of the Ranger yeah, game. Yeah, like, that just, was yeah. not Vasilevsky. He was he was horseshit that night. Let's be honest. That Ranger yeah. game Wednesday night, he was terrible. Yeah, awesome. so it, it yeah. I'm just, I'm just kind of just going through them. It's a whole the last three or four games. Just no. the 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 things that we saw that made us love Tampa Bay the last two years are not there. You know, and, and so you know, and, and putting away teams late. That was a, a one of the calling cards to Tampa Bay. They didn't screw around against inferior opposition, getting ready for the postseason. And and now you're seeing them losing Game Seven Four to Ottawa. It's it's just a bad time. So, uh, you know, I would say sell, sell, sell anything. Uh, Lightning moving forward. Um, what were some of the other games in in the slate? We talked about this. Oh, sorry, the Panthers. Oh, yeah, Panthers game, yeah, which I didn't sweat too much. I mean, I was on that regulation as well, but I also knew what I was getting myself into betting, uh, you know, the Florida Panthers. So, you know, and and then there were, what, there were three different goals called back at one point. I know Florida had a one nothing lead, I thought, early in the game. It got called yeah, they back. Called it back yep. And then uh, before Washington actually tied the game up, they had a, a goal call back too, if I'm not mistaken. That was the game I was kind of flipping in and out of. But yep. when you just when you see that happening and you have a bet on, on anything, chances are you just feel like you're going to lose, right? Like if you have an over and under, like anytime you see more than one goal get called back, you're like, oh, this, this is not going to go well uh, in my favor. But it did end up working out, like I said, getting the, the goal with a minute left and then the empty net goal on top of it too, which once again, folks, keep note of that. We're seeing teams finally starting to score their empty net goals for the first time in years. 
Uh, so if you're, you know, if you are a puck line player, now's the time to kind of maybe wake out of, of, of hibernation and look for that. I don't know if we're going to see too many of them in the playoffs, but maybe in the last few days of the regular season, it might be worth taking a shot on. All right. Good stuff. And our, this is the longest recap we'll ever have on the ice guy show. We've reached the latter third of the card. Now the later games, uh, Minnesota, St. Louis, uh, Minnesota getting the, uh, five, three, uh, win over the, uh, St. Louis blues. I had the team total over split with the full game over. So happy to see both of those, uh, cash in good bounce back spot for the wild. And they took advantage of it, getting the win over, uh, St. Louis much needed to keep any faint hopes alive, uh, in terms of the, uh, central division or home ice, uh, as well. So very important there that they got that win. Uh, the Boston Bruins tie the NHL regular season record for wins in a single season with their two to one win over New Jersey. That was a good game too. Don't be fooled by the score playoff atmosphere. Well played. I thought for the New Jersey devils, they played a hell of a hockey game, even though they lost, I give them a lot of credit, valiant effort in defeat uh, from the uh, New Jersey devils. I don't think there's anything they can be overly upset about other than they just didn't score enough uh, against the Bruins and Linus Allmark. So uh, a good two to one win for Boston. Very good game. Uh, the second best bet for me was Boston last night, and they got it done. So nice two and zero sweep with the uh, best bets. Uh, great game though, and the Bruins now can make history with a victory against the Flyers on TNT. Of course, both games today are TNT games, so we'll get to that in just a bit. Vancouver three two shootout win over the Calgary Flames. Typical Calgary, right? A uh, ton of shots and only two goals to show for it. They really were victimized by their old ways and bad habits last night, shooting right into the chest of Thatcher Demko half the time. We saw it all throughout that game, although I will say he absolutely robbed Tyler Tofolia, I think it was, of the overtime game. The overtime was incredible in that Flames-Canucks game. Back and forth it went, and Vancouver gets the shootout win in their final home game of the season. They say their bon voyage to John Garrett. The longtime television analyst. They did a nice little video tribute to him during the game. So uh, very good to see them get that. And just a very, very hurtful, hurtful loss for the Calgary Flames because now they're one point behind Winnipeg. And you could say, well, they're only one point back. Winnipeg still has a game in hand on Calgary. And Calgary loses the tiebreaker to Winnipeg, where if they're tied in points, it goes to Winnipeg. Why? Regulation wins. Winnipeg has more than Calgary. Calgary has to finish one point ahead of Winnipeg to get into the playoffs as the wild card. So this now just got a lot tougher for the Calgary Flames uh, to make the playoffs. With That was a huge, costly point that they did not get losing in a shootout there to Vancouver last night. Yeah, it, no, it didn't get tough. It's over. That's basically what it is. You got a you got a Jets team that needs three points over the next three games. It, this this thing's done. Uh and, and Calgary has no one to blame but themselves. The way that they played up and down just could not get uh you know and any not kind ready of to play in the first period, which came yeah. back to fight them. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so it, it's just uh you know, it was the same whole old hat for them and, and another bad loss. And, and like I said, they only got a couple more games left uh in their season. And great win for Vancouver. I hope you guys listened to what I said, and and you know I should have actually bet this thing myself. But Vancouver first period, especially when you mentioned about Garrett leaving and everything, and you know knowing this is the last home game, they have the throwback jerseys on. I knew they were going to come out hot at least that first twenty minutes, and and they did two nothing. And 
uh, held Calgary off the board for what pretty much like what, 48, 50, almost 50 minutes of play. You were right because you said it to a T. They're going to come out hot, but maybe Calgary gets going. As the, mm-hmm. It was all Calgary in the third yeah. period. There's right. no doubt. That's when they got their two goals. And thankfully, Demko was stupendous to hang on and get that game to overtime for the draw, plus 380. So happy to hit yeah. that. Yeah, uh, very nice. Uh, everything was good. Our, our reads were spot on in that game. Yeah. Yeah. So, that, you know, it's like I said, now we we pretty much it's a matter of of where everyone's going, not who's getting in as far as that Western Conference picture goes. And, and I think within the next, what, probably 48, 72 hours, we'll we'll have that all solidified. Yeah, no doubt about it. And just quickly on the uh, remaining two games, uh, I believe uh, Seattle pummeling your Blackhawks, uh, Alex, seven to three. Uh, no bad spot for Seattle. Good on you for thinking that. Uh, and yeah. I I I took a small shot with Chicago silly, but uh, nevertheless, even after clinching the playoff spot, Seattle was ready to rock and just too good uh, for Chicago and Morozik with a stink bomb uh, in net, but uh, I'm not surprised by that, but they were pretty bad in front of them too. seven, three Seattle and then Colorado uh, with the four, three win against the LA Kings. We just happened to see in our, we have our personal DM chats on Twitter and uh, Jimmy Murphy had a big parlay going and the Kings were the last leg of it. So, he was deciding whether to hedge or not out of it. I told him I think I would hedge because I just think Colorado's going to pull it out. I think he stuck to his guns, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if yeah. he ended up hedging out at all, but if he didn't, that's tough because the Kings were the final leg of this parlay that I think would have paid him like $2,500 or something. Yeah, uh, It was, uh, yeah, so we'll have to see if Jimmy uh, got something out of that. But if, if, I'm not mis- if I'm not mistaken, I don't think he did either. And no. when, when I saw that pop up, the first thing I said was, yeah, cash out (laughs) when that's just off of numbers alone like you know uh, and and also we didn't really trust la to kind of finish that game up and and what does colorado do in games they linger around shit's pad and all of a sudden they just you know find a way to score a goal late and and that's kind of what they did they did it twice uh to win that game four three so uh, that's a that's a bad beat for our friend there uh, but you know, going back to Chicago game, I mean, that was beautiful. Like I said, you know, Chicago, Seattle expect high scoring, got that first period over in about two and a half minutes. Yeah. And, uh, and, and thankfully, like I said, I know you had, you took a shot on Chicago, but, uh, Hawks needed to come out of there with no points. Uh, so, so great job by them. Hopefully this is one of the last games we see Peter Razzik in a Hawks uniform. Yeah. That'll be wonderful. And, uh, a great win for Seattle. Like I said, keep things rolling. You made it to playoffs, but listen, this is only your second year. This, you, that's definitely a Built team. Built to momentum, right? Yeah. You did not want to roll in the, yeah. yeah. Because you know, they know how tough their first round opponent is. Yeah. They don't even know who it's going to be at, but whatever it is, it's going to be an uphill battle. So, yeah, keep all the momentum going as much as you can. Seattle might be a team I'd look to back probably the rest of the, of the way, uh, in this week for the regular season. Uh, it, if that's the mantra there. And I heard a bunch of the Seattle broadcast, obviously, during that game with Forslund, Eddie Olchick, and JT Brown. And Eddie is just so complimentary of everything involving Chicago's players, but he didn't say a single damn thing about the organization. I noticed that during the broadcast. He didn't say anything about, well, management and ownership and da-da-da-da-da. He didn't say all his praise was for Taves. What a great captain he's been, great leader, great human being, and Kane and all. And they talked about – Forslund was trying to create some banter during the game and noticed mm-hmm. that Eddie Olchuk was with Chicago all those years and said, you've seen this team up and close, what's made them so special. And he went on and on about the players and even some of the old coaches and current coaches and, and everything, but did not say a damn thing about anything to do with management and ownership. I just found that, that that's I'm not surprised I, by that. I was going to say, that, yeah. That's, that's ridiculous that it got to a point between management ownership and hit with the contract negotiation for the television side of things to the point where he had to walk. It was ridiculous. Eddie Olchek has been a part of the Hawks 
or family yeah. basically since 1984. Yeah. So he knows everything, everything going back to the dollar bill days and all the things. So he, he's, he knows. And, and yeah, and, and there's some things that he will probably go to the grave with, uh, involving that organization as a lot of people will. And, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm not shocked one bit that he had nothing to say at all, good or bad, uh, about management and staff. And if you ask probably any, any old Hawks, uh, you know, personnel from, certainly from the 2000s and, and back, it's probably going to be, you know, mums the words. Why you haven't seen a documentary about the Hawks. Uh, and, and you might not until that, that franchise ever gets sold out of that family. So, you know, it's, it's the way it goes. It is what it is. And, and those who are in the know, know the stories and, uh, you know, yeah, they just kind of keep them to themselves. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know what you think? Well, recap is done. We've talked about all the NHL games. We actually still have one more thing to talk about. It's the frozen four last oh night. Uh, yeah. and the, uh, incredible turn of events we saw in the national championship game with uh, Quinnipiac and uh, Minnesota. So, uh, you know, Minnesota's up two nothing right early in the second period. They get the two nothing goal and the crowd's rocking a lot of Gophers fans, obviously uh, in the crowd in Tampa uh, for that game. But the moment that they let up and they had a real bad shift, a shift or two right after the second Minnesota goal and Quinnipiac scored and made it two to one. I'm like, this concerns me that Quinnipiac made it two to one that quickly you know after minnesota went up two nothing and from that point on i mean minnesota didn't have that same giddy up you know at all at that point on it's like the their talent and the immense talent that they, they were a loaded hockey team with logan cooley and snuggerud and nyes and you go on down the list of all the incredible players they have they were a loaded hockey team this year for this uh, run to the championships in the Frozen Four. And they just, you know, Quinnipiac, that first goal gave them life, gave them hope, gave them confidence. Yet Minnesota was, you know, keeping it in tight, keeping it in check, you know, held them at bay two to one. But sure enough, you've still got to survive the last couple of minutes, net empty. And sure enough, they could not. Uh, as Quinnipiac gets the deflection goal, uh, it, uh, it goes past the goaltender. They tie it up two two. It goes to overtime, and I don't know about you or anyone in the in the area there in Minnesota, Alex, but I'm sure you're thinking the worst at that point if you're a Golden Gophers fan, if you're a Minnesota uh, sports fan of any kind. And sure enough, not only are you thinking of the worst, but you think you can at least get into your seat, you know, get your next beer from the fridge, sit down and get ready for overtime. Well, maybe, you know, the washroom break took longer than expected before overtime started, and maybe you come back and you realize the damn game's over already. Okay. Holy shit, 10 seconds into overtime, and it was a beautiful goal, not a cheapie. It was, and it was a bad, bad defensive gap and breakdown as well by Minnesota. Uh, a beautiful pass in front, and then put it in on the backhand, and 3 2 Quinnipiac in overtime to claim the national championship for the first time, by the way, in program history. That result for the Golden Gophers last night is just a portrait of heartbreak, despair, misery, just complete ineptitude at times, choke jobs, collapses, you name it, for the Minnesota sports fan of the last three to four decades. Doesn't matter if it's the Vikings, the Twins, the Timberwolves, the Wild, the Golden Gophers, anything Minnesota sports. And all it ends in is heartbreak, you're gut-wrenched, you can't believe what you just saw. Does the Minnesota sports fan believe that somehow, uh, you know, all these t tough losses they've had in recent years uh, are real in existence? All the years that the Wild have come up short in the playoffs, 
Timberwolves, you know, soil themselves against Memphis in the playoffs last year in the NBA. I mean, the Twins have been a joke in the playoffs ever since they won the damn World Series in 91, which seems like eons ago when Kirby Puckett was on that team and Jack Buck was calling that World Series. That's how long ago it was. I mean, this Minnesota sports uh, scene, Alex, it's just been absolutely uh, depressing, and it continued last night. Yeah, I mean, listen, it'll be I, I'll be here 15 years in December, and it, it's just mind-boggling just in that time span the choke jobs I've seen. I've been here for when you know Blair Walsh uh, went wide left. Uh, you know, even that's even down the one. The, I knew there was a Viking one. Yeah. I was trying to remember. It. Yeah, and I'm you like, know, and and, yeah. and and as soon as that happens, everybody brought up Gary Anderson in '98. But it, it goes all the way down to even the St. Saint Paul Saints, right? Before they became the AAA affiliate for the Twins, they were an independent league. Super famous. Bill Murray was one of the co-owners, and all this. they had the best record in minor league baseball two straight years. They get in the playoffs, they couldn't win a single game. I mean, it's it goes all the way up and down Minnesota sports. It's just it, it, it's mind boggling to me seeing this. And, and the thing that really pissed me off more than the Gophers losing that game was the fact that I couldn't live bet it at all anywhere because it's college hockey. I was kudos to bet online for even having a first period uh, side and total up for the for the national title game, but. I mean, I just knew when the Gophers blew that 2-1 lead with the empty net goal, late, you know, the 6-on-5 goal late, I already knew then this this is probably going to go Quinnipiac's way. And I just didn't think it was going to be 10 seconds that all they needed to do it in overtime. But it's just just, just heartbreaking, you know. And, and like I said, this is what, you know, if you're a Minnesota sports fan, and this the only team I like here in Minnesota is the Golden Gophers. But if you're a fan of all the teams, uh, you know, I just I just, you know, feel bad for you. Honestly, because it's just year after year, or multiple times in a year, season after season, uh, you know, you just have these these collapses that are just dreadful. It's uh, it's just um, it's really it's unfortunate, and what's unfortunate is that team had it all. That team was built to win this thing, and they looked like they were gonna, you know, for all season. The way they uh, played in their last game against Boston, I thought Boston was a damn good team, and Minnesota just did away with them in the third period. I thought that they're going to actually get this done this year, but nope, not did not happen. Uh, somehow, Winnipeg battles back from 2 nothing down and wins 3-2 to get the uh, national championship. All right, that is the longest recap we've ever had here <laughs> uh, on the Ice Guys show for the night before. But we, we could do it, and it was fun to do it because there was just so much excitement going on yesterday in hockey, not only NHL, but the Frozen Four as well, and because we've only got two games. Uh, here on this Sunday slate. So let's get into it. They're TNT games, both of them. A TNT doubleheader for the two NHL games on the Sunday slate, starting with the Bruins and the Flyers looking to make history the Boston Bruins as the team to have the most wins in a single regular season in NHL history. They have a chance to accomplish that feat tonight. Uh, they are minus 260 road favorites, six the total uh, in this one. Uh, of course, for the uh, Bruins and the Flyers, of course, everybody, you don't even have to question it. Uh, it's back-to-back for all four teams in action because all four teams played uh, yesterday as well. Bruins with the 2-1 win against uh, New Jersey. And, of course, the Philadelphia Flyers shut out by the New York Islanders. That's now their fifth straight loss, by the way, uh, the Philadelphia Flyers uh, going into uh, this game. Now, the question ends up being, you know, if you're Boston, you look at your remaining schedule, you've got Washington in your home finale on Tuesday, and then you wrap up the regular season in Montreal on Thursday. Is there an interest that may, maybe we want to get this thing done at home? I don't know. I think you just try to get it done. doesn't matter where you're playing or who you play. You want to get it done. 
you know, you can't take it to chance that, hey, we can mail this one in today. We've still got two games left, including our final home game to get the record. No, I think you still want to try to get it done. And we know they're better than Philadelphia. It goes without saying. There's no question. And uh, I like what Patrice Bergeron said. You know what? What gives me faith that I think Boston's going to do what they do, Alex, and come to play like they always seem to do uh, in these recent games is what Patrice Bergeron said with Emily Kaplan after the game last night. He said, you know, we're trying to be playing our best, you know, going into the playoffs. We're taking these games seriously. We want to be playing good hockey, good habits uh, on the ice. And uh, I agree with that. Their defensive game's been impeccable. I mean, that was impeccable. You want to know how you win in the playoffs? Watch how the Boston Bruins defend that 2-1 lead last night against New Jersey. That's how it's done. Active sticks, good positioning. Nobody has a breakdown or loses a, a, a New Jersey Devil forward in coverage. They clear the puck out when they get the opportunity. They get the saves from Allmark when they need them. That's how you defend the lead. It was a textbook defensive clinic uh, by the Bruins last night holding that lead. As far as the goaltending, uh, Jeremy Swayman. Uh, will be a net for Boston, obviously, on the back-to-back. We should see Felix Sandstrom, although it hasn't been confirmed yet for Philadelphia after it was Carter Hart last night. But uh, I'm going to probably go with a, some kind of combo here, and it's probably going to be Boston and under for me, actually, six and a half. And look, maybe I'm getting my confidence and my swagger back, Alex, with unders, because guess who <laughs> cashed an under last night in that Nashville Winnipeg yep. game? Finally, I cashed yep. an under. I was not the... Uh, you know, the jinx or the hex, <laughs> for the, as usual, with an under for a change. I finally won one of those damn things, and it felt good. Uh, so that's the way I would think I'm going to play this game. You know, obviously, it's better value than anything in terms of the regulation price, which is minus 155. You could go first period puck line, but they want to win the game. They don't care about winning in the first period. You know, they care about winning in the hockey game. So I want the Boston full game element, you know, to be part of my bet here. Uh, in this game so again it's a short card i don't love anything but you know we want to give you something some kind of small bet some kind of lean or recommendation here on both of these games so that's what i'm going to give you here i think it's sound it's logical you could pair boston and under uh six and a half because i i don't think this game's going to be all, all that high scoring and it's plus 120 at bet 365 by the way uh for boston and under six and a half so boston bruins and under six and a half plus 120 i kind of like that uh, what do you think here, Alex? Bruins Flyers. That's probably the closest thing I would come to betting as well. Uh, like I said, there's not much to to look for in this game. And even though, like I said, I heard the same thing too with Patrice Bergeron in the post game comments. You know, saying, "Well, you know, now we've tied the record. We want to kind of go and grab the record." But then I read an article from our friend Jimmy Murphy, who you know basically talks about the four guys that got called up. Uh, possibly Patrice Bergeron could sit out in this game as well as Charlie McAvoy because uh, we see Vinny Letary got called up. Oscar Steen, uh, Brandon Bussey is now going to be the backup for this game, which means Linus Olmark will be scratched. Uh, and these are all guys that did well in Providence. They have good numbers in the AHL. But we talked about this for quite some time once Boston clinched the playoff spot. We said eventually, once everything gets settled as far as standings, not just the, the records, but just standings, we would probably see some of these veterans rest. Uh, and that seems to be kind of, they're going to try to maybe do what we've seen with Toronto, that whole, you said that, uh, rest rotation. And I think that might be the way that they kind of approach it. So even in saying that, that doesn't mean that, oh, go jump on Philly because they're, you know, sitting a bunch of guys. No, that's certainly not the case. Uh, Philly's trash, but, uh, you know, if you're going to pick a side, pick Boston, and I think comboing that with the under six and a half, the only thing that scares me is though, like I said, Philly's trash. 
if Sandstrom just, you know, lays an egg and all of a sudden Boston, you know, puts the screws them, they're up, you know, three nothing in the first period. Now that six and a half might might actually be a little bit in jeopardy. So it's one I'm probably gonna just stay away from altogether. But that the combo is definitely the best look here and best option for this game. All right. Yeah, I agree with that. And you know what? That news about that it could there could be some rested Bruins here, including Bergeron and maybe some AHL call-ups uh from Providence uh involved in the uh, on the team here tonight. You know what that will do is the one thing I was thinking of was, you know, the two favorites parlayed. I'm not going to do that now. That way, if, you know, Boston somehow doesn't win today, it's not going to cost me what I think is going to happen in the other game, uh, which we're going to get to uh, in just a few minutes, which we're going to get to right now. Uh, second game, uh, Colorado Avalanche, Anaheim Ducks, uh, Colorado minus 300, uh, road favorites, six and a half the total uh, here in this game. Uh, I'm going to go back to the well with the same bet I used with San Jose and Edmonton yesterday. I'm going to go Colorado and over five and a half here uh, with the uh, Avalanche and the Ducks. I like that combo bet. Makes sense to me. Uh, I think it can get to six goals here because uh, Anaheim's just, you know, a team that's capable of giving up goals uh, in bunches. Probably a good chance we see that here in this game. Again, Colorado and over five and a half is plus 104 right now uh, at Pinnacle. So that's a real nice price. And uh, again, back to back for both teams. In fact, I actually think it's not as bad a back-to-back for Colorado. Anaheim's got to come back from Arizona, you know, fly a little bit. Colorado's just, there's no travel, but there's no air travel. You know, they're in L.A. last night uh, with that win against the Kings. They get to stay in the same hotel. It's a very manageable back-to-back, as we always say. When you do the L.A. Anaheim back-to-back, they're very uh, manageable, uh, and it's not the same, you know, strain on you mentally or physically. Uh, that it would be otherwise. So uh, I think it sets up well. Now, what's interesting to note here about this game is Pavel Francouz uh, is going to be a net here for the uh, Colorado Avalanche tonight. And I say, why is that interesting? Because we haven't seen Pavel Francouz in a very long time. In fact, yeah. February the 7th is the last time we saw him starting uh, for the uh, Colorado Avalanche. You know, his numbers are not bad. Uh, he's finally ready to come back from the lower body injury. He had uh, 2.53 goals against 919 save percentage this year. Pretty solid numbers for Pavel Francouz. That's why I don't mind it too much that he's in net uh, for the uh, abs tonight. Uh, I think he's still a guy that's got good numbers, can be capable of uh, still getting the job done here against the uh, Anaheim Ducks. Uh, Anaheim that will probably, after a surprise starter last night, was uh, Eric Sinek for the uh, Anaheim Ducks, uh, getting the uh, start in goal uh, for the uh, Ducks against uh, Arizona. Uh, yesterday and uh, obviously not a great performance from him from Oli Erickson but at the same point in time you know kind of unexpected that he was going to start because they they were saving Dostal I believe for this game against Colorado and John Gibson you know a late illness kept him out of that Arizona game yesterday so I would expect Dostal uh, in net for the Ducks here uh, tonight even though it hasn't been confirmed uh, just yet Uh, Dostal at times has shown you he can maybe be someone to look at for the future, but at the same time, he's also had some rough nights and he's had more good, bad than good lately. Four, three, three, five goals allowed and four of the last uh, six starts here for uh, Lucas uh, Dostal here in this one. 3.77 goals against, 901 save percentage for him coming into this game. So that's still not great numbers when you're facing a team that's got obviously the potency. Uh, that the uh, Colorado Avalanche have uh, going into this game. Colorado actually lost to Anaheim the last time these teams met in Denver. It was 5-3 Ducks, but again, 44-32 were the shots for Colorado. Uh, Gibson had one of those nights where he was just uh, sensational in net. 
Prior to that, though, Colorado had won seven straight uh, over the Anaheim Ducks. So that's the way I'm going to play it here. At a slight plus price, Colorado and over five and a half here. Uh, Alex, Avalanche Ducks. Yeah, you might have uh, you might have struck oil next to you know a bunch of opals with these uh, combo bets. That might be the way to attack some of these uh, large favorites late in the season. So it's something we definitely have to be keeping an eye on. But you know, you talk about Anaheim. You know, like I said, this team, their goalie options now. It's it's a matter of whether you're stacking wine boxes or milk crates in front of the net. So that, that makes no difference to me which guy is in net. Uh, Arisonak, who of course, if you think the name sounds familiar, that is the brother of Joel Arisonak. Uh, Ollie, uh, and he, yeah. yeah, and he had, you know, halfway decent numbers in San Jose, but can't take, I never take Pacific division numbers in the HL too heavy because they mostly play each other and they have like a, a weird imbalance in their schedule. They don't play a lot of the teams in the, in the, the central, they don't get to play any of the teams in the East, I think more than like five times or whatever. So their numbers look a little bit inflated. It's kind of hard to, to manage just how good or bad someone is uh, based on those numbers. And with Francois, I didn't see any numbers. Did he have any conditioning stints in the, in the AHL for this injury? Uh, I'm taking a look right now in terms uh, of – I found uh, nothing. I, I didn't see anything either in terms of uh, him uh, playing in the uh, AHL before this. Yeah, so I think – So he's, he's, he's coming, coming in cold. Off injury. Yeah. Off the, yeah, and, and then he, he had a surgery too. So, yeah, this this thing screams over. If you're looking for one thing to bet, it would probably just be strictly over. But I, I, I think, think I'll bet, I think I will add that. That, that is concerning yeah. that he didn't get any time to you yeah. know, get himself up to uh, conditioning speed, speed, you know, for this first start. So I might yeah. I might not only bet – that's what I did yesterday. With San Jose mm-hmm. Edmonton, I also bet the over by itself, over six right. and a half. I think I'll yeah. do that here. Colorado and over five and a half, and I'll also add that over six and a half, minus 120. I think it's good yeah. protection because I could see Anaheim, especially at home, maybe chipping in a little bit. And 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 that's probably how, you know, not, if anything, now it actually kind of scares me a little bit on the Colorado side because maybe Colorado's utilizing these last couple of games, you know, for starts to get him conditioned because here's the thing, you know, Colorado obviously going they to the playoffs. They are trying to win a division. We have to remember I, that's that. what I'm saying. So they should start, still trying to win the division, but at the same time, you go into the playoffs. Wouldn't you want your backup goalie to really kind of get a little bit more work in than just one more start against a bad team? You know, because yeah. we did see Francois have to come in last year, uh, you know, and, and play some some meaningful games. So I don't know if you want him being in as you know as cold as he might possibly be. So that's something to keep an eye on. So definitely liking liking the over here, but I, I will combo it uh, for better value as well with the, with Colorado side. Yeah, and of course, if Colorado, which again they're trying to win the division, they're tied with Dallas in points. They have a game in hand though on Dallas. Winning your division means you get guaranteed the first two series you have home ice uh, in the uh, playoffs. So that's why it's very important. Win your division, yeah. you're at least you at least have home ice advantage for the first two rounds True. Uh, of yeah. the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. So that's what Colorado's after. So that's why I still trust them to win this game. Plus, they're facing Anaheim. That's and Anaheim, game. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So I'm going to go with those two, Colorado uh, and over five and a half and also over six and a half uh, on its own. Uh, and uh, definitely like those two uh, looks. And as far as the props go for this uh, game, uh, Dennis Malkin scored yesterday and he's streaky sometimes. So maybe that's a sign. Maybe he can get on a little bit of a roll here for the uh, Colorado Avalanche. Uh, Miko Rantanen remains on fire. Uh, and what we've talked about a lot with uh, Rantanen is the uh, shots on goal uh, prop for him, which has been very strong. Uh, he's been going over that uh, shot on goal prop quite a bit uh, in recent games and the over three and a half shots with him definitely, I think, can get there once again. All right, there you go. That's the Sunday card. We appreciate it. Hit the like button. Uh, 118 live viewers on YouTube and to our podcast listeners. Shout out to them. 
A reminder, check out patreon.com slash iceguys. Just $10 a month. Goalie charts, totals, charts, power ratings, daily Ice Guys show betting card, and bonus content. Make sure you sign up and subscribe. Patreon.com slash iceguys. Just $10 a month. Yeah, also, if you are a Patreon subscriber right now, you can sign up for our our, uh, our NHL Bracket Challenge pool. We've already got the sign-up information up there, on, and we will have that on the regular Twitter account at the underscore ice guys. I'll have it on my Twitter account. We'll have it all posted up and everything for everybody, and it'll be in the description of the YouTube uh, starting tomorrow. So it's uh, free to enter, and uh, like I said, we're going to figure out what the prizes are. We'll announce that uh, hopefully before the playoffs start. Uh, we'll kind of figure out what we're going to give away for for first and second place in the pool. But uh, that should be a lot of fun. Also, check out the Ice Guys store. Uh, IceGuys.MySpreadShop.com. We've got caps. We've got hoodies. We've got T-shirts, mugs, everything. Uh, definitely want to check out things over there. All right. All right. Excellent. Check out the uh, Ice Guys store for sure. Cop yourself some great merch. We'll be back with hopefully some great best bets to wrap up the uh, Sunday edition of the show right after we hear from Manscaped. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS. That's promo code I-C-E-G-U-Y-S at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, it's about 14 million balls that you can preserve. The Performance Package 4.0 is the complete accessory package to take care of everything that is required. You've got, of course, the Lawnmower 4.0, takes care of your facial hair, uh, and among other things, uh, you've got, of course, the Weed Whacker. I'm approaching 40. Nose hair has become a major issue. It pisses the hell out of me. I need to take care of that shit, and the Weed Whacker can help you do that. Both of these products, waterproof and a 4,000K LED spotlight for a more precise shave. And you'll also be able to take care of those delicate areas with the ball toner, with the ball deodorant. Keep you smelling good, looking good, and feeling good down in the nether regions. This complete performance package 4.0 will take care of everything for you, for all you guys out there. And it's courtesy of our good friends at manscaped.com so get 20 percent off and free shipping with the promo code ice guys at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code ice guys unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped Support for the Ice Gas is brought to you by Gramco. Whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, court, or the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 THC products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products, including vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable, legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you. Gramco is also available at many American retailers as well. You can get the best Delta cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. And if you visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you will get 20% off of every order. And any order that's on the site over $50 will be shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. 
All right, it is time for Best Bets here to wrap up this Sunday edition. we got two games to choose from, not quite as much as yesterday, but we'll find something. Alex, what do you like for Best Bet? Uh, shit, I guess we got to go with that. Uh, let's go over six and a half. And in fact, you know what? Let's let's recommend a live wager. How about that? Try to shoot for a five and a half anywhere laying a dollar twenty-five or better uh, with that Colorado Avalanche uh, Anaheim Ducks game today. Like I said, we like the combo bet. Uh, of course, with the if you can get that, that may not be available everywhere. I know for a, a lot of you that bet offshore, you may not be able to find some of those combo bets. So uh, I just recommend the live look today of over five and a half. Anything better than minus $1.25 uh, with the Avs and the Ducks. All right, there we go. Uh, Avs and Ducks over six and a half, but look for a live over five and a half, says Alex as well. Maybe you'll be able to find it at some point here uh, during uh, this game. All right, my best bet here for this Sunday uh, card. Um, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go to that uh, same game. I'm going to go with the uh, Colorado and over five and a half. The combo plus 104. Uh, let's roll with that. Again, we've only got two games, uh, so uh, unfortunately, you don't have a lot to choose from. But uh, again, these are nothing but small plays for me today. We had a huge uh, investment in yesterday's card, obviously, with all the games. Uh, and I liked a bunch of stuff more than I like today. But we'll go with that. Colorado and over five and a half, uh, right around even money, plus 104 uh, for best bet here for this Sunday card. Uh, that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for joining us. we got five shows left uh, in the regular season. Uh, Monday to Friday this week, we'll be on at our usual time, 2 p.m. Eastern, the final five days of the regular season. So make sure you join us this week for the final regular season week of the NHL season right here on the Ice Guys. And a reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Sunday. Enjoy the games and good luck. And We will see you again tomorrow, brand new week on Monday, for another edition of the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. 